Good to see everybody here this morning. Very excited about what God's doing. Very excited. Very excited. And I, I think, you know, going through the journey here has really created some things toward uh, the intimacy of the Lord. You know, I think as a young person, you know, you can get excited about the Lord and there's a lot of things to look forward to. But I'll tell you, there's nothing like going through the journey, learning to trust the Lord. And one thing I've learned about the Spirit and being guided by the Spirit is you, the more you experience it and the more you get involved with the Lord and the more of the mindset of the world begins to leave you and you begin to sit into a place with God where you are absolutely committed in your mind and your heart, you're committed toward God. And you, you experience more and more. I, the thing that probably surprised me, and it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's the element of we say a lot. You know, human beings say a lot about things that we really don't know nothing about. And that, that's just true. Lots of people say things about things they don't really know anything about. I feel like that's us as we're growing up in the Lord. We talk about God, we say who he is, we do a lot of things, but then as he actually reveals himself to us, it becomes real. You start to look at your own thoughts and you go, huh, <laughs> boy, I thought I knew a whole lot and I didn't really know anything. And I've learned that the glory of God is what humbles a person, the true glory of God. Not just his word, not just his Bible. The true glory will humble you in the presence of God. And that's awesome. I'm actually going to talk about that this morning. But before I do, uh, let me see that microphone here. I want to have Nancy come up. And before Nancy says a few things, come on up here, Nancy. You're okay. Uh, I've been meeting with Nancy. We started actually meeting a little bit uh, before the pandemic. And the Lord had some things to reveal in, in Nancy, and it was, it was good, it was a little tough at first. Pandemic hit, kind of washed all that away for a little bit, but then, uh, what's that? Oh, Nancy got to hide during that time, uh, she says. But when we started meeting again, we watched the Lord just begin to do some great things. And these types of things are really good. I want to hear from Nancy and let her uh, just talk to you for just a moment here. Well, good morning, guys. I just want to tell you, you know what? God loves me. And you might think that that's kind of like, oh, yeah, she should know that. You know what? You can go to church and be raised in church all of your life and not know that God loves you because we forgot that. So I started meeting with Pastor Dan and Boy, God was faithful to show up in those conversations and lead them and direct them and guide them and even answer prayers or those questions. <laughs> so God started putting in my heart how much he loves me. He's never left me. He's never forgotten me. And I want to tell you what joy that brought me to know that you're remembered and that God loves you and he's never forgotten you. <laughs> so here I am at 62 years old beginning to realize that God loves me very much. And I just want to tell you this morning how grateful I am and thankful that God loves us very, very much. 
Now, I'll, uh, I'll just say that, you know, there's a big revelation in that because uh, I'll remember the time where sitting in McDonald's is, uh, you know, the place we generally meet. And it's, you know, sitting there coming back with words of the Lord that the Lord's been doing and and something you, you had told me you didn't say today, but the thoughts, the, the peace that's come to the mind. But realizing and getting the revelation that, that God actually does love me. Because we talked about it. You've been in church for a long time. Even before you came here, years ago. And the idea that God loves me. But then there's this awakening moment that happens to people. And in that moment is what... I look at and I go, okay, this is not just, the awakening means that you're different now. That's what it means. So if you're sleeping, and use the parable, if you're sleeping in a bed and you're sound asleep, you're laying flat, whatever, however this works for you, the minute you wake up and you get out of that bed, life changes, doesn't it? Okay? I hope it does. (laughs) Life changes. And so from that moment on, you're not in the same position you were while you were sleeping. You, when you wake up, that's what happens when God talks to you and reveals something to you. And it causes you to come alive. It heals your thoughts. It heals your heart. And changes you from the inside out. It's not what uh, the scripture calls lip service anymore. It's not just talking It's not just honor me with your lips and your heart is far from me. It's now your heart is close to me. Therefore, you honor me with what you say. That's what you're telling us, isn't it, Nancy? See, I love these things because we see the simplicity of that to me is what I look for in a person that when when something truly happens and I watch it because this didn't just happen yesterday. I've been proving this out, and it's worked, hasn't it? It's continued. Have you seen a change in Nancy Marty? Absolutely, Absolutely, he said. That's amazing, isn't it? And a change in your life, too. She couldn't sleep at night. Couldn't sleep at night? She's asleep before I am now. Everybody hear that? Said she couldn't sleep at night. Now she's asleep ahead of Marty now. And Marty drops off like that. So they're in a race to see who goes to sleep. It's, it's no competition when, when the Lord talks to you. It, it healed you, didn't it? That's awesome. See, I love that stuff. And the and reason why I love it is because isn't it all about the changing of the heart? Imagine if the heart is changed in everybody. What our lives become here. We create a world that's full of the love of God. But that'd be a whole lot better than what we got now, wouldn't it? Well, you created that world in you. Now it's just going to expand. So that's good. That's very good. And so from there, I, I talked about what, what happens is you fall into a place where you find the glory. And the glory is the key. Now, last week, I, uh, I'm going to pick up from there because I talked about what it's like to see Jesus unveiled. And to have him unveiled would be to see what? His glory. 
And really in simplicity, I just, I focused on the idea that let's see him beyond the flesh and see him for who he is because who he is, is what changes us. That's what changes us. So having a physical Bible in my hands, reading it is not what changes me. It's when I, when I read and receive from the spirit beyond those words, that glory changes me. When I realize that Jesus is more than a man, he actually came from heaven. Imagine that Jesus came from heaven. What? And we get so used to it. It's like, uh, yeah, oh, he's the son of God. He came from heaven. He came from heaven. I know that. But he came from heaven. The man walked on water. That's pretty phenomenal. There's some glory there, Deborah. And I want to read something in Isaiah that uh, Gary's actually talked about quite a bit. Isaiah chapter one, uh, six, chapter six, verse one. And in that, actually, you know what, Don? If if you're already there, aren't you? Stay right there. Everybody, just listen to me. I'm going to read the last verse that I read last week. Okay, in Second Corinthians three. It says, but we all with open face. What's that, John? I can see. But not only that, Marty, if you're the Lord and you're veiled and the veil's removed, I can see you for who you really are. That's pretty good. So we all with open face, the unveiled face, the the. The blinders have been removed. The flesh has been removed. We talked about that last week. Behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord, or by the Spirit of the Lord. So how does this happen? By the Spirit of the Lord, right? So we get to Isaiah chapter 6, and today I actually want to uh, point out two things for you, okay? These are very important things for you to learn, and I mean they're important, because when I say this, I'm talking from a place where God has brought me into this mindset that it has ultimately completely changed the way I live and the way I think about everything. And that's why it's so important to me is I want to talk about, well, what is the glory? Well, we kind of get the idea if you're looking beyond the flesh, that's the glory. But let's let's describe it in a few scriptures this morning. I want to use the scriptures to help do that. But secondly, Keith, is the idea of how do I submit to the Lord? And I want to answer that question, which I already have. How do I submit to the Lord? How do I desire the Lord? How do I give my life to the Lord? What do you think the answer is? How do I humble myself before the Lord? You got to see his glory. Now, the minute you see the true glory, you think you can stand in his presence? See, that's the thing right there. It's if Jesus has become a cliche, it's just words to us. You think you're going to submit to um, a scripture, 
that God so loved the world, he gave his only gotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. And we go, oh, of course I believe that. But if my life shows that I'm having trouble believing in him, I haven't fully comprehended the glory of what that verse is actually saying. And I'm, I'm saying this. When you do comprehend the glory of it, it humbles you straight to the floor. Because nothing, no sin, no doubt, no fear can stand in the presence of the glory of God. And Isaiah is going to be a good example. Now, now watch this. This is the glory that has been read many times here, okay? And it's Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, didn't Paul just say that? We see the Lord face, open face. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, his train filled the temple. Have you ever pictured this? Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. Two covered his face, so two wings over his face. Two wings covered his feet, that's four. And then two he flew with. Are you getting the drift here? This is not something you just walk out to Walmart and see. Unless you're in a vision. What's the old word? Touche. <laughs> Unless you're in a vision at Walmart. Okay. Stop that. <laughs> so you're not just going to see seraphims flying around in the physical flesh. This is glorious, man. He is caught up into a place. This is, this is Isaiah caught up into a place that is beyond the earth. I mean, that's glorious. And it's like we read through this like, oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I think about that and I, I could lay in bed and just go, my God, for an hour and go, the glory is so profound God, at some point, let us all experience these things. Because this right here is what changes a person. And from there, he said, verse 3, And one cried unto another, seraphims, and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. How did they know that? Bunch of humans down here going, the Lord is holy. He's so holy. Why? Well, he paid my bills for me. Look, I'm talking about a different kind of holy right now. I want to get to the holy that these seraphims were talking about. The holy where the veil was off. And, and we, we understood that the glory of heaven was much different than the glory that we receive among men and women. That kind of glory. And we get there and we go, verse 4, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, 
Woe is me. What happened when he saw the glory? Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King. The King, Marty. The Lord of hosts. And he says, I've seen. He had no choice but to look and go, whoa, whoa, I'm unclean. I'm standing in the midst of the king and the Lord of hosts, and I've come from among a people with unclean lips. Our worship is unclean. Our testimonies are unclean. Our faithfulness is unclean. We have not served the Lord according to this glory, and it humbled him. And he said, woe is me. That's amazing, Nancy. See, on some level, this is what I'm talking about. And I had Nancy speak up on that. What happened to you when you realized the Lord loved you? You saw a part of his glory there that you hadn't seen before. And it humbled you. See, it didn't just heal you. Before it healed you, it humbled you. And it, it, it brings you to a place where, number one, it makes you start thinking different like, God is way bigger than I, and yet he would love me. All this foolishness I've done my whole life thinking the Lord loved me, but yet I have my own mindset about this stuff. It humbles you. And that's the thing I've noticed about getting to know God. And the Lord Jesus is it humbles you so greatly when you see him for who he is. And it's like when I was a young preacher, man, it was about the hype. And when I went to Bible school, the first time I got up to preach and I did my best as a young Pentecostal preacher to get that place all stirred up. And it was told me the next day that the apostle of that work, the founder of that work, looked at his guy next to him and said, I'm taking this guy everywhere I go. He's going to represent the Bible school. And from that moment on, you know what happened to me? It was all about the show. And it was about getting people fired up and stirred up. And nothing with no true glory it was all about the hype of what I could do. I had no idea who Jesus was. Fast forward, how many years is that? I was 20 years old. Oh my gosh. It feels like yesterday. Wow, 30, 40, 50, 33 years later. I look at that and I go, there was no glory there. So what's happened over the years is you start experiencing the Lord and it humbles you. It breaks down the arrogance. I remember one time sitting in church and my pastor was doing something at the Bible school and I felt like he was just wasting our time. I jumped up. This is stuff you don't know about me. I jumped up because they gave everybody a chance to speak. And I looked at the person next to me. I said, I'm going to go fix all this. This is garbage. I ran up there at, acting like I had a gift of God and tried to take over that service. That blows my mind. The arrogance and the selfishness and the defilement 
that's in a heart of a person. And I look back at that and I go, wow. And I wouldn't dare say, I can't believe I would do that. Now I know I definitely would have done that. So 33 years ago, I look at that and I go, what has happened in that time? Some humbling has happened. Some glory's been revealed. And you get to a point where you stand in the presence of God and you say, whoa, is me, man. I don't have anything to stand on in front of the Lord God Almighty, King of Kings. And we stand there and we say, wow, this is amazing. And then it heals you and it changes you. You begin to grow and experience and get closer. And the intimacy with God, where it's like Abraham, he says, take your son up and sacrifice him. And when Abraham does everything he asked for, except sacrifice his son, and the Lord stopped him, what did the angel of the Lord say? Now I know. Now I know you'll, you'll obey me. You don't have to sacrifice your son. I just wanted to know if you would obey me. You think that humbled Abraham? It sure did. And so we see this. And so I want to point that out along with the glory today is the humility that comes with it. Now, here's what he went on to say. Verse 6, after he found out he was unclean, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. Hot coal now. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. You've been preaching on that, Gary. That is amazing. But have you taken the time to, to, to think about this? Micah. You ever put a coal on your lips? How many of you here physically? Tony's a welder. You ever turn that welding torch around? Wouldn't dare, would you? Because flesh and blood is not present. This is a glorious experience. Where did his sins get forgiven? In the glory. And that's what's happened here. The sins are forgiven in the glory. Right after that, verse 8, And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, I'll go. Here I am. Send me. You know what you think when your sins are now forgiven? What do you think? What do you think like? You think like, I'll go. That's what you think like now. If your sins are forgiven, that's what your thoughts are, I'll go. If your sin is still present in you, do you think you'll go? If you're battling with sin and torment and condemnation, do you feel like going and doing something for the Lord and being the voice of the Lord? No. No. But when you're humbled, when you're forgiven, and you see the glory, all of a sudden you will go do anything for the Lord. Anything. That's what I've learned. Is that the life becomes His. And I've watched that 
and I think about that and I I've watched some examples especially in the Bible but I watch God changing that thought pattern to when the glory comes and you lay down everything you've believed and thought about God and decided, I'm going to let God show me who he is versus me always telling him who he is. Right? That is what we want. And so he says, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And then, of course, these famous words come forth. Verse 9. And he said, go, tell this people, hear, but do not understand. See, indeed, but perceive not. Do not perceive. Make the heart. He's telling Isaiah, you make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their ears hear with their eyes and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Now stop right there. This is an interesting thing. What has this to do with Jesus and his glory? Because I said I was continuing on and, and go ahead and move over to John chapter 12. Jesus did this in the parable, didn't he? Remember this? And he went about and he's saying when the light is present jesus is saying when the light is present it's got to shine you got to receive the light while it's here he didn't say man he said light i have to show you that john 12 36 i'm gonna tie isaiah 6 to john 12 because I didn't know how to do that until Jesus showed it to me while Rick was preaching one night a few years back. And I went into a vision and he showed me. And I'll show you what I came up with in the vision and then found it in the scripture later. This is what I found in the scripture later. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of the light. What is he saying? What is the light? It's Jesus. But what else? It's the glory, Keith. See what he's saying? He's saying, while you have the glory. Do you know what Paul said? I'll tie this with Paul. Remember on the road to Damascus, Keith, when Paul was visited by the Lord? How did the Lord appear to him? In a light. In the glory. Paul even said later in Acts chapter 22 that the glory of the light is what blinded him. What did Paul experience? The man or the glory? Did he experience the glory Jesus? The glorious Jesus. Not just the lip service Jesus. The glorious Jesus. And what did it do? Did he fall to the ground? (laughs) did it humble him who are you lord he knew and it humbled him right here we go jesus is saying i'm the light what's he saying i'm the glory while you have the glory wait a minute jesus was a man and he's saying you have the glory among you 
I'll get that in a minute. You've got to be the children of the light. Isn't that looking at him face to face? That you may be the children of the light? Isn't that being changed into the same glory? Wow. Paul got that from Jesus, by the way. Didn't he? Uh, These things spake Jesus, departed, and did hide himself from them. Notice that. He hid himself. What did he do? He veiled himself so they couldn't see the glory. Why? Because he's about to fulfill Isaiah and the visitation. Goes on to say, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who hath believed our report. And to whom hath the arm of the Lord revealed? Therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again. He hath blinded their eyes, hardened their heart, and they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of Jesus. Who did Isaiah see? Now, it's interesting. Jesus is telling us, Isaiah saw me. That's the glory he experienced in there. And let me tell you what I saw this night. Rick was preaching. I couldn't particularly tell you exactly what it was now. But I was caught up in a vision and it was something I did not know, had never seen before. I was in Isaiah in the heavens, seeing what I read to you, honest to God. And I'm seeing the the glory of the Lord. And as I was humbled before the Lord and then healed, forgiven, and the Lord said, who will go? And I said, I will go. Do you know who, where I entered into at the vision changed? I was in the earth as a Christ doing what Jesus did right there in that vision. All he did was let me into a glimpse of what he was doing and who he was. You know what I knew right then in that vision? This example of Isaiah was Jesus. It was the glory. And he entered into the earth and fulfilled the glory of Isaiah right there and went about as the light of the world. You know how Jesus lived in the earth without sin? Go read Isaiah 6. That's how he did it. He walked around with a coal on his lips and spoke the word of the Lord. And he never dealt with sin in his entire life. But when it came to doing the works of God, he could cover himself, hide himself. How? In the parable, in the man. You guys are getting it. So if you only are seeing Jesus in the parable, are you missing something? The glory. What if you're an unbeliever, Marty? You say, well, why would God send Jesus to shut their ears? To hide it. Because it said if they believed 
and saw that they would be healed. You say, well, isn't it God's will to heal everybody? How many were here Wednesday night or heard what I taught Wednesday night? Does the man of sin repent and believe God or does he not? He doesn't repent. So, well, why would God send Jesus to shut your eyes, Marty? Because if you don't believe, he will hide himself from you. If you don't repent, what if you're like, how many Pharisees were in the Bible that refused to repent? A lot of them. Why? Why? They never saw his glory. They judged him as a man. And then they also thought that they were God's disciples, not him. They told the blind man that Jesus healed, oh, you might be a disciple of that guy, but he's a sinner. They called him a sinner, Marty. And he said, but we are Moses' disciples. Hard to be Moses' disciple and not be Jesus' disciple because Moses talked to you about Jesus, isn't it? So, so in this, Moses should have led them to Jesus. But when Jesus came, they rejected him. So why would he hide himself to them? Because he's not going to let unbelievers into heaven to ruin heaven. You think he's going to do that? You think God's going to say, hey, all you unbelievers, come on up. You're welcome. Everybody's welcome now. No. No. That's why it's important to know if you want to see the glory, what do you need? Belief in Jesus? Belief in God? And you need some humility, man. We need humility to see the things of God. It's very important. And so when God comes to talk to you and the Lord brings words to you, humble yourself right away. The best you can. And then what happens after that? You're really humbled. He humbles you. That's the awesome part. A little bit of belief goes a long way, doesn't it? Say, well, uh, how else did they see his glory in the Bible? We said, we talked about Paul. He saw his glory. Remember the uh, Mount of Transfiguration? When he led him up in Matthew 17, what happened to Jesus right in front of him? His glory was revealed. His he says, pull up Matthew 17. Wave at me when you got it. And he was transfigured in front of them. And when they come down off the mountain, what did he say? Tell no man the vision. That's pretty awesome. You got it? After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. Keith, that's some glory. Anybody ever see the sunshine that comes out of the face of Jesus? See, this is what I'm talking about. But wouldn't you like to? Because you think, well, of course I would. Of course I would. Of course I would. And we say, of 
It's like, what a, what a Pharisee, didn't the Pharisees also talk as if they believed in God and wanted to see God's glory? Well, why did Moses veil his face? Why did Jesus veil himself? Because of unbelievers. And is it the old parable that says, don't cast your pearls before the swine? Uh, do you think Jesus ran around giving all his secrets of heaven to, to those that don't believe? No way, man. No way. And so let's look at another glory. So we see the glory that's in heaven. This, this glory here is amazing. Okay? There's a whole conversation in this transfiguration. You can go look at that, but that's a glorious experience. But what about in the earth? So how am I supposed to see the glory if I do see him as a man? Jesus has an answer for that. John 1, I think it's 12, but he says, We beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Now, think about that. We beheld his glory. Well, you have this, what we just read, the glory in the Mount of Transfiguration. You have that. Okay, but then how about when um, I think it's in John chapter two. Remember the marriage at Cana? Remember that marriage? What did Jesus perform? What miracle did he perform? Water into wine, right? You remember that? Let me see. I think it is two and nine. One more, go to 11. The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed him. Hold on now. There was no sunshine on the face. There was no light flickering in the background. There was no angels ascending and descending that anybody could see. He turned water into wine and said, there's my glory. Because think of it, did his disciples see that and believe? So even seeing him as a man, could you look past the flesh and see the glory that only a man from heaven could do this? And there was glory there. Isn't that awesome? And we go, oh, that's. That's pretty good, man. There's some glory. When he walked on water, who does that? Anybody here done that lately? Jesus did things that only the glory of God could do. Would that make you believe? Now think about this, guys. Why am I saying all that? We go, okay, this is history. This happened 2,000 years ago, and I just, I'm just looking for a little bit of something today. Okay, stop looking for your own miracle in the flesh for now. Stop looking for that, okay? And hear what I'm saying. Revisit the scriptures when Jesus turned the water into wine. When Jesus walked on water. <laughs> awesome. When Jesus took a basket of fish and bread and fed 5,000 people. 
tell me there's not some glory there. When Jesus healed the woman that just touched his garment. Glory. Glory. When the blind eyes were open. And he spit in the mud and put it on the eyes. Wow. When he said, go dip in some water and come back and be healed. When he healed the lepers, tell me there's not glory there. And sometimes we read our Bible as if it's just this book of things I already know. You don't know the glory. The glory is what you want to know. And if you don't know the glory, you don't know nothing. It's nothing, Nancy. Because what do you get when you get flesh and blood? Nothing. My words are spirit and life. The flesh profits. Nothing. But the glory is spirit and life. And therefore, when you read, I mean, look at your Bible differently. And when you see these miracles, this is the glory being revealed. And be like those disciples. Put that verse back up there and tell me what the disciples did when they saw that glory. They believed it. Keith, like I said, angels didn't fall from heaven and descend and stand all around and go, hey, Everybody, this is Jesus. No, he turned the water into wine and the glory was manifested. That is awesome, man. And see, I began to notice these things early on as the Lord began to reveal himself to me. So I I don't just talk about this glory. This is the kind of stuff that I think on and I meditate in and I walk in is because This is the kind of stuff that God started doing that healed me from the inside out and changed everything. And now when I read the Bible, I see the glory everywhere, even in the earth. And so therefore, when I look at your life, Nancy, and you give that testimony, I see glory there. Do I see a person still needs a lot of help? Oh, yeah, Nancy. We need help, don't we, still? We live in this world. When Naomi gets up last week and talks, and she, you still need help, but there's glory there. Who else got up last week? Ah. Did anybody see any glory there? Come on now. Oh, she just read a verse. She just quoted a verse and wrote a few things down. No, 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 no. The desire to even get up here, something's turning. Something's working. And that's the glory I'm after, man. That's the glory. And so whether it be a heavenly experience or an earthly experience with God, can the glory be revealed on some level? That's what I'm saying. So I stop overlooking anything that God is doing in the earth. You don't overlook it. You pay attention to it. And like I said, if you want the the teaching from Wednesday night about the difference between the old man and the new man, very important teaching. 
But what it does is by revealing the glory of God, it also shows all the glory that the man of sin is wanting to take from God in us. This old man's got a glory. This man of sin's got a glory. But so does the word of God and the son of God and the new man. And we got to find these differences. And you know what happens? Start with your Bible and don't disregard these words. What I read to you, okay? Anybody ever read Ezekiel 1? And know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Where heavens were opened and Ezekiel saw the throne and the cherubs were moving and going like lightning. Uh, remember all that? I used to sit and read that and go, my mind is blown. My mind is blown. Where is that? I'm thinking, where is that? Where's the testimony of that? What is this? What is this? This is, this is well beyond what we're doing. And I start looking at this glory, this glory. And through the years, you examine those scriptures and you look at that glory and it begins to change you, everybody. Now, I just want to know, do you want to be changed? Do you? Okay. It starts with believing. It starts with believing. Now, we said that a thousand times. It starts with believing. You want the veil removed? Mm-hmm. Be a follower. Funny things you are. You are followers. So maybe there's another growing up in the follower we do. Keep growing. Keep growing. And the Lord will reveal it all. But I'm going to tell you, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. How many of you actually want to be humbled? Yeah, right? Well, if the reward's glory, <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, Lord. Change the way I think. Change the way I do things. Do I have any questions? Yeah, Megan. Yes. But what about all of the things that happened in the Old Testament? Like the parting of the Red Sea. Is that also on the same Yes. So good question. Old Testament miracles are definitely a part of God's glory. And back then, if you read very carefully when God was delivering Israel out of Egypt, he wants his name to be known among all. And to the Egyptians, he brought them to the Red Sea, revealed the glory of God by opening the Red Sea, putting a pillar of fire there in a cloud, and said, I'm the leader of this group. Here's my glory. And all the nations begin to fear God after that. So there was a glory revealed. Keith. Oh. He said it was prophesied, my glory will I share with no other. So true. So the glory was there. What it is is last week. Remember the uh, scripture I read, the very first scripture today in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This will tie into that. There was a glory in the Old Testament. 
But when Jesus is unveiled, it takes us from that glory to now the new glory. The, the new glory is not just about God parting a Red Sea for a group of people. The new glory is Christ in you and him doing it for you individually within the heart. And therefore, the, the, from glory to glory is from old to new. And therefore, yes, they're both glories. They're both glories. What a, and, and the Red Sea was never forgotten, was it? The deliverance of Israel, never forgotten. Everybody talked about that in the Bible. So yeah, good question. You're very welcome. Stand to your feet. Now what I said to you, I want this to work in your heart today. And I believe God that it will. Say, well, I'm not sure where to go with this. What did I answer? Start reading your Bible like there's some glory in it. There's glory there. I showed it to you, didn't I? Pay attention to the glory and let God do what we're preaching here. Because I don't, I don't expect you to take over the world tomorrow and all of that. But I do expect the believer to rise up and say, huh, something's changing right here. I'm seeing God a little bit different than I have. And it just changes your life. Is that fair enough? How many will make that covenant with me? I will read my Bible with a different mindset and I'll approach it with the glory of God in mind. Will you do that? Praise God. Well, if you want to join hands with your neighbor, let's pray. Lord, your word has been true today. It's been true there's a lot you want to show us. Your light, it is among us. Your glory is present. This is not just lip service. We pray for the glory of God to be manifested among your people here today. Bring it to us, Lord. Show it to us. Bring us to our knees even to show it to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we happy? So we want some glory in this house, man. It's not like it hasn't been coming. We, the greater glory is always better than the lesser glory, isn't it? So let's focus on that and prepare yourself for these types of things, okay? And if you want to talk with me, if you want to talk with some of the other ministry, we got them, man. We're here. Come talk to us. We'll impart the glory that God has revealed to us. That sound good? Okay. God bless all of you. Go in peace today. <laughs>